telling you, don't miss a week of this. If you don't have to, don't miss a week of this because it's going to be good and, uh, today. But they do what we do as a church. Um, they actually provide the resources for video and stuff. And, and so that was actually from, from the live church. And this is what's cool. They do what, the same way we do it. We provide that for other churches to use. And what's neat is our messages and video series and things that we've done are being used around the world. We're able to monitor where these things are downloaded, man. And I'm telling you, it's been neat to know that what God's doing in this house is not just here. And he's taking this thing and using it across the world, and it's just cool. So this is the first time for us to actually use somebody else's, but it's neat, and I'm thankful for what they're doing, and we just continue to pray blessings on these guys. So, But today, I'm pumped because, uh, again, man, this thing got my business. Amen. It got my business. So, uh, and so as, as a pastor, this I hope today uh, you don't leave mad, but you leave encouraged and challenged to, to just keep going deeper in God. But Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, when you got to say amen. You should be there by now. If it's not, you slow. But uh, verse 9, it says this. It says, uh, Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And this is the Lord speaking. He said, Behold, the uh, cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I also have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. This is probably one of them Sunday school lessons you heard, one of these stories you heard back in the day when the Lord spoke to Moses. We're going to talk a little bit about that today and, and uh, get into this word, but let's pray first. Can we do that? Can you join with me in prayer? God, we lift up any needs to you in this house today. God, we thank you for the word of God that's true, Lord, that changes us, Lord, that encourages us, Lord, and we thank you for it. Lord, we ask that you'll continue to just bless and bring strength to the family of Wayne Tinsley. Let's continue to just be their peace and their grace and, and comfort during this time of loss. And Lord, for those, Lord, who just need something special from you today, God, I thank you that this word, even the word we're looking at today in Exodus, you said, I am. Lord, you what they need. You're what they need today, Father. And I pray, God, if it's, if it's health, Lord, you are that. We've, I've, I've witnessed that this week, God. Lord, if it's financial blessings, God, you are that, Lord. Whatever it is they need today, God, I pray they'll walk into it, they'll receive it, and, Lord, their life will be different because of what you give them because of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We did uh, about, oh, man, I think four months on the DNA series, and we're going to try to kick this thing off last week, this new series, but Holy Spirit has something else different in mind, and he just showed up and just did some, did some things, and it was just exciting to, to, to be a part of what the Lord was doing in this place last week. But I tell you, I'm excited about kicking this thing off today as we look at a new series entitled, I Quit. And here's what I want to talk about this. We're going to look at this thing a little bit different today. There are some things over the next four weeks that I'm going to challenge you to quit. Now, most times as pastors, it's going to be different for me. Most of the time as a pastor and as, as, a, as a, you know, I'm, I'm trying to encourage and I'm telling people, man, you don't stop. Don't quit. I mean, there's literally been people have sat at my desk in front of me in my office and were ready to call it one, ready to quit and give up. And the Spirit of God says, tell them not to stop, not to quit. So I'm saying it, man. I'm telling them. I get up in the pulpit, try to challenge. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't quit giving. Don't quit serving. Don't quit. Don't quit. But there's some things that you need to quit doing. All right, now there's some things that, that you need to stop doing. And this is what I find out. I find out we normally, we quit the things we should keep doing. All right, now, that's true. They, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's some things that you should just keep doing. They, some, you, not one time, 
All right, there's some things you you got to do more than once. All right, Pastor, you know, I preached on on uh, you know prosperity, and we talked about the physical and spiritual, all these areas, the way that God wants to bless you. You can't get up and go to the gym one time, look in the mirror, think everything's going to be different. All right, going to be a whole lot of change there. You got to be faithful in that area. The offering bag can't come by and you put in something at one time, be done with it. You got to be faithful. So, but you can't quit some things, but there's some things you got to stop doing. There's some things that you need to quit. So today, I believe this. I believe over the next few minutes, I encourage you to take some notes and grab this today. If not, go back, listen to the podcast. But I believe this. After you hear these words today, I believe you'll be different. I believe this is a life-changing word for you, and God will do something in your life. But the sad news is this. There's some people today that are in this room that will make excuses not to apply this word, not to move forward in their life, to stay where they're at and make no changes and not allow the Holy Spirit to do anything in their life, and then they will wonder why things aren't different in their life. They'll wonder why, wait a minute, when this is all said and done, why is it something different now? I thought the pastor said this, or I thought he meant this. If you will stay in this thing, and there's some things you've got to stop doing today. So the thing is, we're going to do this. We're going to look at the first thing we should quit doing, and we're going to stop doing. And I want you to look at your neighbor today, smile at them, and say, I quit making excuses. Mm, come on, somebody. Now, today, that's a word. Now, that, I, I, that is for some, somebody. I, I, I quit making excuses. For some of you, might be sitting by somebody who's close. You might be a family member. might be somebody you love. might be something today that maybe you should be doing different in the relationship. And, and today, you're going to quit making excuses while you're not doing that. There's going to be some of you today, as this word hits you, there's going to be some things that you know that you should do different. I mean, you've been making a, a, a reason the reason why, and there are things, let me go ahead and just lay this out here. There are some reasons why we are where we're at, okay? Matter of fact, the things that come against us, we sometimes face stuff. We go through things. Our life is, is, is constantly put in situations, and those things do shape us. I mean, I'm just clear on that. Some of you, your upbringing and in, in, in what you learned in, in maybe a church setting, it, it kind of helped shape you. It may not have been true Bible, but it shaped you to what you are today and, and what you know. Some of you went through things in a, a, a relationship with your parents or a spouse, and it, and it has shaped you and made you, and there are reasons why we are where we're at today. But today, this is what I want to do. I don't want to let that reason become an excuse that stops you and keeps you where you're at. We should be moving forward. There should be some type of growth. There should be change in our life. Today, if you've been a believer for any amount of time other than maybe 30 minutes, unless you gave your life to the Lord beginning of this service today, there should be something different. You shouldn't be at the same place today as you was if it was five years ago, 30 years ago, three days ago, last week. For somebody. So there should be some change happening. There should be some growth. And how you get to that place is you do this. You quit making excuses of why you where you are. Oh, I told you this is going to be fun. I told you this is going to be a whole lot of fun. I got mad and turned the iPod off a couple of times as I was listening to some of stuff. I, I mean, I said, he ain't talking to me. I, I need, somebody in my church needs to hear this. I'm going to rewind it. My church needs to And I knew he was talking to me. Because we do that. We make excuses a lot of times for where we're at. And, and, and sometimes we'll look at it and we'll say, well, if, if we have maybe what this church has, a pastor, I'll say, man, if we had the resources that church has, then we could do that. I'm using it as an excuse maybe not to do all God's called me to do as a pastor. But here's the thing. I need to use whatever it is that God's put in our hands, every resource for the kingdom. Use it for him. Do what he's called us to do. Well, here's the thing. He may not have called us yet to do what somebody else is doing. But there are some things that he's called me to do. 
There are some things that he's called you to do. There are some things that are specifically designed, and he, did, he designed it with you in mind. I believe if we dedicated Caden to the Lord, Caden was not an accident. I believe this. I believe God had a plan that he wanted to use Caden for. He has something that only Caden could do. He said, I'm going to bring Caden to this earth. I'm going to set him in this place, put him in this church, let his family come to know Jesus, really be drawn to God, put him in a house that hears about Jesus, be dedicated to God one day, then grow up and be a mighty man of God. I believe that. I don't believe he said, well, Cain's here, now what? Some of y'all think that. Some of you wonder still, man, I don't think God has anything for me to do. I promise you this today. God has something to do that only you can do. If you quit making excuses and start walking towards it, God will use you. Oh, I feel Jesus. I feel him right now. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. All right, now I'll do this. I'm going to ask you today three questions. So if you've got a place to jot this down, if not, we have worship guides, place for notes that you can grab those and, 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 and take these. I'm going to ask you, ask you a few questions today, and let's look at this today. First of all, what is it today that you want to be different about your life? All right, just think on that for a moment. If you have a place to, to, to jot it down, ask that question. Some of you are doing it digitally, and you're using an app, and so you're typing away. Don't be texting nobody else. Don't be texting. Don't be doing You take notes But uh, if, if you're doing that. But what is it today that, that you want to be different about your life? What is it? Maybe I should rephrase it this way. What is it today that you know should be different about your life? Okay, what is it that, that should be different about your life? And, and this is what's, I don't know, it's kind of one of the things where, you know, Pastor Raph, you know, you've preached a message sometimes, you shared a word, and it's, it's been heavy, and then, you know, sometimes you wonder if it clicked or whatever. But, you know, you know we, we, we deal with stuff. In the past couple of weeks, man, it's been some heavy stuff talked from the stage, and, and it's been really a place where we've been looking at even those four areas of physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, mentally, where we have to say, man, what needs to be different? So today, what is it for you? And today, if, you're, if nothing comes to mind, you probably need to be up here teaching, not me. All right? Because there's several come to my mind right now. That there's some things that need to be different. Maybe you, maybe you are, you know, reincarnate Jesus because he was the only one who didn't need to change anything. All right? He was, it was only him. It was just the Holy Spirit. So it's the thing. What, what is it maybe? Maybe uh, today it could be, uh, as we talked about earlier, maybe, I don't know, physically do some, make some changes. It could be today, it could be maybe you say, I need to spend some more time in the Word of God. I need, to, I need to make a decision to start coming to church more. I need to make some better decisions to be in God's house because I know how important that is. Whatever, I need to spend some more family time. Whatever it is, what is it today that you need to do different? And get ready for this. As soon as you get ready to make a decision, get ready. Satan will give you plenty of excuses why you shouldn't do it. All right, now let's look at this. Go to Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. New Testament, old and new, man. We cover it here. We get some Bible in you. Luke chapter 14. I, I talked about this briefly in between the waves of glory that's kind of flowing in here last week, but I want us to look at this, this portion of Scripture today and, and look at how strong this is. Luke 14, this is a parable of... That, that Jesus is telling to people, and a parable is this, and we're actually going to do a series after this series called The Parables, and it's going to be intense, man. It's going to be awesome as we look at the, the things that Jesus said and how powerful the words in red are to us. But, but today, this is, a, this is a powerful parable where Jesus is speaking to a group of people, and he's trying to get them to grab hold of a very important point and help them get some understanding of some things here. So uh, it's, um, in, in verses 16 through 20, it says this. It says, Then he said to him, 
a certain man gave a great supper and invited anyone. Now, we know, we said this, that a certain man is talking about God. The great supper is talking about salvation. And the invitation that was extended to many is the invitation that is for anyone and everyone. The Bible says that whosoever come to him. It says that, that, that he died for all. He gave his life that none should perish. He did this for us. And so here's how it works. He said, he sent his service at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. All right, so this big meal has been laid out. It's been prepared for the people. He sent out the invitation. He said, come. And it says that they all with one accord began to make excuses the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I, I ask you uh, to have me excused. Um, can I please be excused from the, temp, from the meal because I got some ground I got to go take care of? Okay, now, that's just stupid. I mean, that's, that's, that makes no sense. But, again, we find it. And another said, I have, if there's any little ones, I apologize. Stupid is a bad word my little boy told me. I, I apologize. All right. <laughs> They have a kids' church for those who, they don't say stupid down there, I don't think. So, uh, so we're adults when we say that. Uh, and then another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask that you have me excused, please. You serious? You bought some ox, and you're going to be excused. You want to you wanna, you wanna find a reason why you don't come and sit at this table that's been provided for you, a great supper, a great invitation, this great meal that's been provided by this certain man. God has done this. God has provided salvation for all through the blood of Jesus Christ where he died in our place for our sin, and he did this for us. And you telling me you're not going to follow him because... Um, the Bible says it's a narrow road, and only if you find it. This is going over great today, I feel it. All right. <clears throat> Verse 20 says, still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. Wife should be a big deal. That should be important. And we, we, I got in a conversation with somebody about this the other day, and I think it's, it's very good. And priorities are great. You understand where things should fall. I mean, you know, if you're a, a, a married person, that should be the first relationship that's, that's there. Then the children or whatever. But all that should, in, in every way and always, come second to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. It should be. He said that we should be willing to forsake and leave all. And that's not talking about, you know, killing, leaving, doing. It's talking about being being willing to put the relationship with Jesus first in your life. But, but for real, I'm married and therefore I can't come. Okay? It was kind of like, who, who, you know, maybe tried to get a date back in the day and you heard some, some nonsense? Remember we said, I got to wash my hair, you know, uh, this week and so I'm not going to be able to make... Yeah, you all believe that, don't you? Okay, all right, except for my mother-in-law. She actually does not do things so she can stay home and wash her hair. I, I've never seen anybody actually do that, but she does. That's, that is true. But listen to this, listen to this. But, but, but think for a moment. God's done this. Now listen, what is it today he's asked you to do? But I, I just jotted down a few of them. Just jotted down a few, few, few reasons to why we don't do some things. One, well, I'm not good enough. It's just too much stress to take on anything like this. Uh, well, I can always do it later. 
Some of y'all used that one this week. Uh, well, I've done this. I've tried, but I failed. Well, I was hurt so bad that I can't do it. I can't trust again. Now remember, I mean, we, we understand there are reasons why we are where we're at. There are those things that shaped us and made us who we are. But listen, take the thing that was meant for the evil. Let God use that, turn that around that you can minister to someone else. What's cool and what we're seeing God do now, we've been in this thing four years now or so as a church. And what's neat is that some of the things that we've seen God deliver some of the people from in this church, now they're using that very thing they went through and they're ministering to other people. And that is so cool, and that's what it should be. Don't use that to stop. Don't use the fact that, man, that I was hurt in church, somebody messed, hurt my feelings, and they stopped, so now I'm not going to do anything else. Well, they, they did me wrong, and, and so now I'm, I feel like God turned his back on me, and he wasn't there like I want to be. Let me tell you something. God has never went anywhere in your life. God has always been there for you. If there's ever been a disconnection in your relationship with you and Jesus, you made it. Okay, because he loves you and he's always there for you. So again, let's look at this and let's start, start really realizing why we should be doing these things because again, there's reasons and there's excuses. Let that reason be turned around and be used for the very thing that God uses to make something great in your life. Um, we're about, I guess, halfway through now, July, the year where, you know, July's coming to an end, so we're a little over halfway. This is what's interesting. I found out that we, that, that we do this. Beginning of the year, we'll make some changes in our life. Some of you will make some resolutions. And, and for me, y'all know I try to work out some and try to take care of myself. This is what I found out. This is kind of neat. That people who made the decision to make some changes in their life and join a gym, you know that 40% of them don't make it past January? 75% are done by February. And it's July. Yeah, all right, some of y'all like, yeah. All right, make the new commitment. Make a new challenge. Step forward again. Quit making excuses Quit ma and, and, and start going forward in those areas that God wants you to use in your life. So find out those things. All right, now I'm going to ask this question. I want you to shift it just a little bit, and I want you to see if what you wrote, number one, matches up with number two, because this is what matters. Number two is this. What does God want to be different about your life? What does God want to be different about your life? What do you feel like God wants you to change? Uh, because, again, I, we said that there are some things that should be different. There's some things that we should be changing. There's some things that, man, the, the Lord deals with me on them. So we say, what is it that should be different in our life? What changes does he want me to make? What, what is it that should be different? What does God want me to do different in my life? And you write that down and you, you think about that and then you do this. Why does God want this part of my life to be different? Because this is where I want us to make the connection is I don't want you to leave without grabbing this. What is it that God wants to be different and why does he want it to be different? Now, for some of you, that, that, that thing that needs to change may be, let's talk, just talk for one moment, maybe a physical thing. I know I've been drilling some of that lately, and, and it's tough. I just want my people here as long as they can be here to be healthy. I just, and it's just my heart. I just want them here, and I want the temple that God's given you to be healthy, and I want you here for a long time. And so for that, what is it? And then ask the reason is this, why? Because, you know, you can do the right thing for the wrong reason. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. So I've, never, I've never talked about this. I feel like the Lord would want me to sh kind of share this. It's kind of maybe, well, some of you may have dealt with this. But I, I've talked to people about this individually and one-on-one. -on -one. It's not, not, not never, never here, but I never talked about it from the stage. But it, this is something that I did when I, when I was 
younger, about 20-something years ago now, but, well, actually 20 years ago, uh, I, I made some sh- a very stupid decision to do something. I, when I was born, I weighed 10 and a half pounds. All right? I mean, some of y'all who have babies, some of y'all don't understand that's a big deal. That's a big deal, dude. I like a little sumo wrestler, man. They rolled me out. They took my picture, the little picture with the brass shoes, bronze, what is that stuff made out of? You know, bronze, bronze, yeah, that one. I mean, I like a little horse, man, sitting there. But what's crazy is over the next 19 years, I barely put on another 100 pounds. Seriously, I mean, it was just like crazy. I mean, you know, all my weight came early. I mean, it all came. And so over the next few years, I mean, literally, when I graduated high school, I was about, a, I don't know, 120, you know, something like that, 130. So for me, this is what I did. I wanted to get onto the fire department, to get a job with the fire department. So I remember going in for my first interview and talking to these guys, and I was this little bitty skinny, scrawny guy who had, uh, you know, just... Just a little dude, man. I feel like I was all right. I feel like I could handle myself man, if I needed to. But this little skinny guy walks in, and I remember the chief looking at me, and he sat down, and he talked to me about the job, and he said, well, this is a physical job. You've got to do some things, and you've got to do some stuff. It's a lot of lifting and carrying, all this kind of stuff. I don't know if you can handle that. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? You know, so, I mean, it was just one of them things, man. And, and I was still going through the transformation, man. You know, this is early 90s. You know, I was going from, you know, the mullet in the late 80s, and I was making the transition from the hair, and I still kind of had some kind of some swoop stuff going on, some, some long things going on. So he wasn't crazy about all that either. He wanted me to come in. You know, our firemen have flat tops for the most part, man, and everybody has that buzz cut. And so I went in, I remember him talking to me, and, and he was just kind of telling me, I don't know if this is for you or something. I got mad. I went in, I started lifting, and I did something that it was just stupid. Now looking back, I, I, I began to take something called anabolic steroids. Yeah, I know you can tell it now. I'm so massive and so such a monster from this stage. But I, I went from about, I mean, I don't know, about 120 pounds, 130 pounds or so when I did this. And over just like the next six months or so, I literally put on almost 70 pounds of muscle. It was crazy. It was insane. I went back in for the interview. I had the fireman haircut. I got a tan, got in a tan bed, you know, and, and then I busted up in there in, in, into, the, into, the, into the interview, and I sat down, and I looked at the chief, and I said, I'm here, and I'm, you know, talking about getting a job. You know, something was crazy was he put me to work. He hired me. He hired me. He hired me because I went in, I had this part or whatever. But here's the thing for me. This is what I did. This, is my, this was my struggle. I did that. Not, I didn't start working out, start trying to do things. As a matter of fact, that's not taking care of yourself. I thought it was. But I did that because for me, pride. That's all it is. That's bottom line. That's all it was. That I wanted to look in the mirror and think I look good and be cool. And that somebody could say something about, man, he's awesome. People said that. Dude, he's swole up, man. I want to be like you had little guys coming up in the gym, man, that was telling me, you know, I remember being that little kid coming up, and they said, man, I want to be like, man, what do you do? What do you do? And I don't want to tell them, man, I shoot stuff in my honey. I take a needle of injections, and I shoot it in my tail. If you do that, you can, you can be this way too. And I'm telling them, you need to eat right. You need to work out. You need to get up in the morning and do this and that. No, it's stupid. I did it because I was prideful. And take care of myself because I'm so prideful. So here's the deal. If you're giving, if you're doing something so somebody else knows about it, it's the wrong reason. Yeah. Right. 
But if you make a decision, say, I'm supposed to give because God's word tells me to do that. I need to, I need to put him first in this area. <clears throat> he'll use this, and he'll, he'll, he'll bring glory to his name. That's why you do it. If I'm going to start taking care of my physical body so I can look better than somebody else and maybe get somebody else, it's the wrong reason. If you'll do something and say, I want to do this because it's the right thing to do. This is the body that God's given me. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I need to take care of it so he can use it better. Make that connection. If it's... um. I know some of you need to do this. Some of you need to make, make the decision to start praying a little bit more. Just simple stuff, man. You want, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible. Somebody said, well, I'll read the Bible every Sunday morning. Seriously, if you really believe that God wrote that, that this, was the, this is the Word of God written down for us, and if we really believe that, I think we'd read it more. I got some toes on on that one. <clears throat> Whatever it is that your toe problem is, you, you let the Lord just <clears throat> speak to you today. But look at this today. Look in our text. In our text, God called Moses, a jacked up, messed up individual, murderer, running man, just messed up life. And God heard the cry of the children of Israel. Now listen to this for a moment. The children of Israel. In our text, it says that he's heard the cry of the children of Israel. And I'm calling you, Moses, to go deliver these people. Now, seriously, man, he should have he get this person. That person could do it. No, but look, I'm calling you. And, 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 and I'm, what is it today that God's calling you to do for somebody? Because I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I believe it, it's true. You're the answer to somebody's problem. Well, not me. Maybe it's what you hold. Maybe it's who's in you. Maybe it's who you should be representing, Jesus Christ. You are the answer for someone. But what do we do? Moses tried to do this. Exodus 4, verse 10 says this. Moses said to the Lord, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So the God of the universe who created all things with a span of his hand and speaking of his word stops everything to come to you, speak into your life and say, I want to use you to change an entire generation. And your excuse is, I, I don't speak well. You're serious. That's a good one. That's almost as good as I got married. Almost. Then the Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach, and you will teach what to say. Now, think for that for a second. He's saying this I know your issue, I made you. I know, I know what your struggle is, but I made you, and this is even more important, I still called you. Yes. I still get amazed. I'm serious. I, it trips me out. We're talking about some people who drive long distance from the church, and I said, man, I wouldn't drive down the road to hear me preach. I'm serious. I, I mean, I, worship's good, but I, I just wouldn't. I just I mean, but, but, but man, God, use somebody. Just If you'll just say, man, use me. Here I am. Jacked up, messed up, everything's not right, but here I am. 
And, and, and he's saying that I can't, I can't speak well. You know if I'm going to be having to go up in front of all these millions and go to the Pharaoh and I've got to speak in front of him. I've got to be eloquent in my speech. And he said, man, I made your tongue. And if you'll just do this, if you'll just do this first thing, he said in verse 12, he said, just now go. So what is this today? What is it that you can do? What can you do? Because here's the deal. He just simply told him, now go. Moses could do that. He might not have been an eloquent speaker. He might not have been able to preach well and do well and facilitate well and, and organize and be his great, big, great. He may not have been able to do that, but he can do this. He can turn around and go in the direction that God told him to do. He can, he can say, okay, I, I can do that. So he simply just said, now you go, stop making excuses for what he's told us to do, and just simply go. And ask yourself, what can I do? Man, I, I trip out on folks who, man, have these big things that they want to do for the church and for, for the kingdom. And I love that. I love big vision. And I'm all about big vision. But, you know, most big visions start small. They start on a small scale with you just being faithful where you're at and just simply going in the direction that God tells you to go, simply stepping out, doing what he says to do. Just simply starts with small things. And again, I want to make this very practical. If it is a physical thing for you, this is, this is something you may need to do. You may need to quit buying little Debbies, buy some fruit. Just start with that, all right? For some of you, I thought what was awesome last week was had someone come up and laid their cigarettes on the altar last week. Dude, that got me jacked up, man. I was crying. I was snotting everywhere, man. Just the fact that somebody said, I can do that. Amen. I can do I can, what? Can, so what is it today that you can do? Just go. Because this is what's cool. He says this. He says, you go and I'll help you. You go, and I will help you. You know the Holy Spirit, the word we talk about, the paraclete, the one who's called on beside us, and we've heard a lot of teaching about it. If you've been in church and you've heard some of that, it's the one called on beside you. One of the names we call him is a comforter. He's a helper to us. He is, he is one who helps us do what he's called us to do. But here's how this works. We initiate it. We step out and we go and the God of all, Lord is the King of all kings, will help us do those things. So here's some of the things. There are things in these tables, in the hospitality room, there's a sheet that says get connected in our church. And on that list of get connected, there's some great ways that you can get plugged in and you can serve in this church. You can do something for the kingdom. Well, I can't get up and preach. I can't play an instrument. I can't sing. Go get that list. Look at the list. And I promise you, somewhere on that list, there's an opportunity for you to serve. Just do what you can do. We're getting ready to start, and you're going to hear something about it at the close of this service, something called equipped. And you're going to hear about some of the, in, in detail how a lot of the things that God's called this church to do, and we're doing them, and, I, and I'm so pumped about what God's doing in this group of people. But one of the things God's put heavy on our hearts is the importance of equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. So we're getting ready to start something called equipped, and this is what I want you to do. We're removing the excuse well, I, I don't know how to do something, so I, come get equipped. Some of you don't want to get equipped because that removes the reason why you can't do something. Come on. Amen. That's a good word. 
Just so, so, so let it happen. Stop by the hospitality room, pick it up. There's an email, there's a phone number for all those folks who are in charge of those different areas of ministry. Make the decision, make the call. I, I don't know exactly how to change diapers. Somebody said, I'll teach you. I should. Some of y'all are real well versed in that, man. I've changed my shirt. I'll have a training class. I'll do an equipping class on how to change diapers 101. I mean, whatever it is. We want to do because it's so important. It's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to serve someone. I don't know how to turn the vacuum cleaner on. Wait, I will show you. We'll put it on there, push the button. It's awesome. I don't know how to, I don't know how to witness or whatever. Well, let's come sit down and we'll sit down. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk with you and we'll share God's word with you and teach you. We'll equip you to do what God's called you to do. Don't just over-spiritualize everything all the time, man. Don't say, oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel God wants me to do this in one day. One day. Not today, but one day. <laughs> I'm going to do this, in, but today, today, I'm getting the invitation to go pick up a form and get, get plugged in, get connected to this church. So it's been removed. We know, so, oh, if I win the lottery... Some of y'all felt Jesus right then. If I win it, then, then I'm going to pay the church off, Pastor. We're going to get that van and that bus we've been wanting to do. Listen to me. Right now, when the bag goes by, put in what he asks you to do right now. Glory to God. Oh, man. 25 pounds. Coming off. I feel it. Glory to God. Y'all stand if y'all need that right now. Let's join together. No, no, right. I feel it. Right. Let me tell you something. It won't happen. Tomorrow. But if you set the clock, remember that one? That was a lot of fun. That one ever great too. You just set the clock and ju just get up. Just start on this journey. Put people around you that can encourage you and, and, and be with you and, and whatever it is that you need. And man, let God use you because here's the deal. Man, he used a murderer, a joker that couldn't talk and, and, and was so jacked up and messed up. He used him to change an entire generation. I mean, I, last night I was, I was just, just praying and I was just thinking about this message and was just going back over my notes and I just started thinking about just what if one of these guys over in this area in our youth session, just what if one of them stood up and said, man, you know something, I'm, I might not be that great at something, but here I am, God. Man, I, and I can't, dude, I'm, I'm 12. I'm 15, and I've already made mistakes at 15, that, and God can't use me. Listen to me. There's nothing we've done. There's no, there, at this point, if you're in this room, God still wants to use you. If you're today still in this place, you're breathing, there's life in you, God wants to use you. And man, how awesome would it be if, if they started standing up, becoming bold. And Pastor Stephen, man, the middle schools and the high schools and the college campuses just started getting wrecked with the Holy Spirit because somebody just went in and said, man, I deliver people out of bondage. You, you want me to come in and pray and lead and set an example and take somebody out? Listen to me. So many times we want to do this. We want to get over into Canaan without ever leaving Egypt. We want the promised land. We want, this, we want to celebrate the victory. We want to do all these things. But it starts with this. It starts with you leaving where you're at. Stop making the excuse to say, I can't do anything great for God. And say, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to go in this direction. And, and, and the Bible says that he will help. He will help you do this. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, sovereign Lord. You made the heavens and the earth by your great power and that stretched arm. Nothing 
is too hard for you. I started looking at the scriptures and started thinking about some of the things. And man, in the Bible, you can find every spectrum. I mean, every end of it. It is just, it's just nuts. Some of the reasons that, that people may, you had people in the Bible, you had Abraham and Sarah getting up saying that, well, I'm too old and God can't use me. I don't care what age you are in this church, they still breathe in and out, God can still use you. All the technology, all the means, all the things that we have today, God can use everyone. He used them to be the father of our faith and to change the world. But they were saying, man, I'm, I'm too old. I can't do anything. Jeremiah was a flip-flop on the other side. He said, man, I'm too young. Too young, you can't use me. And God said this to him. He said, man, before you was ever conceived in the womb. Well, tell me you're, not, you're too young. Well, give me that mess. I know better because I made you. And I've ordained you and I've called you to be a prophet to the nations, man. What is it for us? What is it today that, that's keeping us just in a pew, just in a seat, going through the motions, maybe coming every now and then, instead of moving forward in God? Whatever it is today, I want you to do this. I want you to remove it. Quit letting the enemy lie to you. God has a plan and a call on your life. He has an anointing that only you can walk in. He wants to use you to change. It may not be an entire generation. It may be one person that sits beside you in the office, but let God use you, and it may start there. Stand together. I want you to do this. I want you to bow your heads for a moment. I've, I've thrown some, some questions at you. And the Lord spoke to the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43. He said this. He said, forget the former things and not dwell in the past. He said, I'm doing a new thing in you. I'm doing a new thing in you. Today, God wants to do something new in your life. No doubt in my mind. So clear. And, and whatever it is, you may be, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. Today, there's no reason. God can do anything that God chooses to do in your life. If you'll do this, you'll just simply let him. You'll just simply say, here I am. Man, all the time I said, man, devil those of me said, you're an idiot. What are you trying to do, pastor church? You lost your mind. I agree with him a lot of times. Yeah, I am. But I'm available. God use me. Some of you may live with someone today that needs Jesus. And you say, man, I wish I could, I wish I could do this, wish I could just say, here I am, Lord, I'm available. Young people, man, school's going to be starting back in a few weeks. Don't let this school year be like the last. Even if it was a good one and, and God used you there, He wants to do more this year than He did last year. He don't want you to be silent. He wants you to be bold witness for Him. He wants, he wants to use you for the kingdom. There's going, to be some, there's going to be a lot of events coming up in this next quarter for this church. Some of you say, man, I can't do anything. No, come get equipped to do what God's called you to do. I'm going to ask this today. I was just where you're standing with you. If you would, just bow your heads for a moment. Just close your eyes. Just, just think about today those few questions that I posed. What is it God wants to be different in your life? What does God want to do in you? And if you'll say this, you'll say... Pastor, there, there are some things I know God wants to do different in me. I want you to slip your hand up to Him right now. Just raise both hands up to the Lord. If you'll say, there's some things I know God needs to do different in my life. 
And so all this starts with just simply recognizing that God wants to do this for you. God wants to use you. He wants to be, He wants you to be a conduit of His power and do something cool in your life. For some of you, it may be this today. It may be because, maybe first of all, man, I don't even know this God you're talking about. I don't know Jesus. I don't have this relationship. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Jesus, today He wants to, he wants to come into your life and, and begin you, start you on this journey with Him. And there's no limit to what He can do in you. You may be here, and that might be what you need today. If it is, we're getting ready to open this altar up, but I want you to come down. And I just want you to take a moment and just do this. Just today, if we lifted our hand, we're going to step out today, and we're going to come, and we're going to stand in faith. And we're going to do this. First of all, we're going to remove anything that may stop us. For some of you, raise your hand, and then He gave you an excuse of why not to come down. It may be crowded. So you don't really want to get down in the crowd. Nobody else may go. You may be the only one. So just stand where you're at, pray where you're at, and still get the same result. I don't know if you will or not. You may. But I know your obedience is a big deal. And I believe today God wants you to do this. If you just lifted up your hand and you say, God, I know you want to do something in me great in my life. There's a calling. There's something that you need to do in me. And I recognize today there's some things that need to be different. This is a show of faith. I just want you to come. And I just want you to step out and come and stand in this altar. I want us to pray together. And I want us just to believe with you that God's going to do something great in your life. He's going to begin today. And you're going to start with this. No excuses. No excuses. I'm not making any more excuses. Ain't nothing's going to stop me. Am I going to get it right all the time? Nope. Because you stand up and raise your hand and come to the altar, everything's going to be better. Probably not. Is it a good start? The show of faith is recognizing that, man, yeah, I'm going to recognize i got to put God here. This is awesome, guys. Awesome. Give these a hand if they're coming down. Come on. Let them know that, man, you're proud of the decision they're making just to step forward. Some of you still standing back. Some of you still standing back. Is it all, we all got something different. We all should be doing something different. This is awesome. Wow. I want to do this. I'm going to come back in just a moment. I want, I want, us, I want, us, I want us to pray together. And we'll do that as corporately. But I want to ask some of, the, some of the folks who may not be out here right now, but you know God wants to use you and do something in you. And this is an opportunity right now for you. Pray with someone else. And let's join together. And let's lift up these, these situations, these needs. But for some of you right now, I just I, before anybody does that, and even if nobody shows up and lays their hands on you, prays for you in that way, I want you to do this first of all. I want you just to think for a moment that the God of the universe showed up in Moses' life through a bush. Through a piece of shrubbery. That's the kind of stuff that I read about and I let God use me. He can use a bush, surely. Surely he can do something. Listen to me. If he can use that, he can use anything. And he used Moses. And listen to me. Some of you, man, I'm telling you. Some of you share with me some of the issues and the struggles that are there. But listen to me. I believe this today. Do what you can do. 
and trust God to do what you can't do. Start with that. Do what you can do and trust God to do what you can't do. You make the first step. You've done that. You come out. And, and for some of you, if it's something that you need accountability in your life, get that. Some of you, it may be something that you may need to make a decision. Start, start it today. Don't wait. So we may need to surrender some things over to the Lord. Whatever it is today, we just want to do that today. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Jeremiah said, there's nothing too great for you. There's no struggle. There's no addiction. There's no 